Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I come to you today just to thank you once again for this moment to just stop, Lord, and, and think about you, Lord, and open your Bible and to look at your words that you would have us to learn, Lord, that we can apply them to our lives, Lord. And just ask you to just meet with us today, Lord. Just take a seat with us, Lord, and, and just fill us with your spirit today, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right. Does anybody know the, the books of the Bible, the ones we've been working on? That's what I thought. I don't either. So let's, let's say them together. We're going to start off with the first five books, which is the law. And that's Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. And then the way I learned it was JJR, Joshua, Judges, and Ruth, right? And then we go to the ones and twos, 1st and 2nd Samuel, 1st and 2nd Kings, 1st and 2nd Chronicles. And then we go to E&E, &E, which is Ezra, Nehemiah, Esther, and then Mama, you way off. Then the poetry, right? Which is Job, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Song of Solomon, right? And then the major prophets. And that's Isaiah, Jeremiah, Lamentations, Ezekiel, and Daniel. Okay, somebody next week needs to know them all. So, probably won't be me. But we're getting there. So, as we did last week, we're still talking about walking in the Spirit and we were getting into the gifts. The gifts that the Holy Spirit gives out to people, right? <clears throat> and these gifts, <clears throat> these gifts are given, we saw were given by one Spirit. And they're given according to what He wants to give, not what we want. You know, I might want the gift of, of singing, but He obviously didn't give that to me, right? And, and we talked about those and, and we were going through them. And let's start off, let's read Romans 12, 6 through 8 again. Just review a little bit before we get into this. Romans 12, 6 through 8. <clears throat> the Bible says, <clears throat> Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, whether prophecy let us prophecy according to the perpetuation of faith, or ministry let us wait on our, our ministering, or he that teacheth on teaching, or he that exhorteth on exhortation, he that giveth, let him, give, let him do it with simplicity, he that ruleth with diligence, he that showeth mercy with cheerfulness. <clears throat> so, we're talking about those gifts there, right? And, and um, look at my notes here. So, in these gifts, we see that the, in these verses we're talking about, we saw that, that one body, right? Of Christ, one body of Christ, that's the church. There's one body of Christ. And we're each members of that one body. Okay? And, and it says right there, it says, every member uh, one of another. What is that talking about? It, it's talking about that we are individuals, but we're still in one body of Christ. We're all different in here. None of us are carbon copies, none of us are, are clones of each other. We are individuals, but God has called us to be in his body of Christ and that's the church and he's placed us where he wants us in that church right brother Larry he was called into the body of Christ and then God decided he was going to be a preacher and why was that because we already talked about that when brother Larry was in his mom's womb God had already given him the gift of preaching it was there okay because God had already decided that's what I want brother Larry to do right then we look we each have a we reach and like I said we're each different but but we're working together for the same cause, right? We're the body of Christ. We're the church, just like a car. 
You know, if I go out here and get in my truck, I put the key in and start it. That truck is going to take me down the road. It's going to take me to church, take me home, take me to work, right? But there's tires and there's a steering wheel and there's a seat and there's bumpers and there's an engine. It's all different parts, but they're put together for one purpose, to get me to work, to church, to home. Same thing with the body of Christ. We are all one body of Christ, but yet we're individuals. And God has put us there. You know, like, like the tires. Brother Larry sells the tires. The tires go on our wheels and they're round, right? So what if those tires were made square? It would be a horrible ride. You know, I couldn't put a tire in, in place of my seat, right? I couldn't take the, the carburetor off of my engine and put it in place of the tire. It wouldn't work. And that's what happens in the body of Christ. You're, put into, you're called into the body of Christ. You're put in the body of Christ in a certain place with certain gifts to do something for God's glory, not your own. And if you step out of that, you're going to cause some problems in the body of Christ. Okay? And that's what we're talking about. And each of these gifts that we've been talking about, all of them are given to us by God. And I'm going to look at John chapter 3 real quick. Talking about things that are given to us by God, right? Chosen from the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to John 3, 27, since we're talking about things that are given to us by God. I, I thought this, was, this verse is very important. John 3, 27 says... Um, John answered and said, a man can receive nothing. Think about this. You can receive nothing except it be given from heaven. Same thing with your gifts. They're given to you by God from heaven. You can't get anything unless it's given to you from heaven. Okay. So as we continue on talking about these gifts, let's go to, uh, back to first Corinthians. First Corinthians chapter 12. <clears throat> verses 7 through 11, the Bible says, But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. That means to profit everybody, to profit the whole church. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another the gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another diverse kinds of tongues, to another interpretation of tongues. But all these worketh that one and selfsame spirit, dividing, dividing to every man severally as he will. As he will. This is as whose will? God's will, right? And that, that word with all, back in the very in verse seven, says. Uh, given to every man to profit with all. What does that mean? Well, that means, like I said, we went over this last week, but that means the gifts are given by God to us to profit the entire church, not to bring glory or, or, or even fame to one person. And look at today. There's people today that claim to have these gifts. There's Preachers today that preach and said they can heal. There's ones that preach and say they can prophecy. There's some that preach and we see these ones that drop out on the floor and say they're speaking in tongues. But all those are not bringing glory to God. And we're going to go through that. Those people, especially the healing preachers, they're trying to bring glory to themselves, aren't they? But right here we says that it's for the good of the church, not for the good of one person. So we see right there, these guys today, they're liars. They're just straight up liars. And it says one spirit gives out 
all gifts, right? So it's not different spirits. It's one spirit. It's the Holy Spirit. If you're getting your gifts from another spirit that's not the Holy Spirit, you are in trouble, right? But those that one spirit gives out these gifts and they're given to each person as he sees fit. So you can't go out here and one day, you know, get saved and then go, God, I want to lead the singing. Well, unless he's called you to that. No, because he's given you a gift of something else. And it's up to us to to get with God and let him reveal that gift to you. Okay, so we're going through these gifts and we got the gift of teaching and we talked about that. That was the ability to explain clearly the meaning of the word of God. Right. And also ministry, the gift of ministry. And then what was that? That was to aid people and, and especially the weak and needy. And you don't have to be a pastor to have the gift of ministry. Okay. We should all have some kind of gift of ministry within us. Right. And then we talked about that, that we went through there and it talks about in, in Romans 12, it talks about to lead and to rule in Corinthians. It talks about governments, right? Well, that's talking about the gift of administration and that's the ability to organize and administer efficiently and with harmony within the church, the church's needs. What are your needs? And maybe that's what you've called to do. And then we talked about the evangelist, right? So the evangelist, that's one who, who <clears throat> is able to announce God's the, the good news of God's word. Right. And he does that to what? To organize local churches, to build local churches. Right. And this is this is also an evangelist. And we have we should all have some evangelists in us. Right. Because that's soul winning. That's witnessing. Right. And that's the responsibility of all Christians, regardless of what spiritual gift you've been given. You might have been given the gift of of whatever. But you still have that, that evangelistic spirit that God's given you. Because remember the Great Commission to go out and preach to the whole world, right? And, and it doesn't matter what spiritual gift you're given or what office you hold within the church or, or what ministry you might have going on. Like Brother Cat over here has a ministry that's been put in his heart to go to the nursing home. Okay, that's his ministry. Great. God is a God has drawn him to that and he's going to go forward in that. But along the way, he has to evangelize. Right. He's not going to build churches. He's going to soul win, teach people about Christ so they can come to know him. So then we went on and we talked about <clears throat> the spirit of giving. Right. And in Romans, it talks about to give and to share. And that's the ability to give, uh, give consistently. Right. As the Lord gives you, you're giving and you're giving to other people and, and, and you're giving liberally and you're, you give sacrificially. Right. And, and you give wisdom and you give cheer. That's the person that you really want to want to come around you when you're down. Right. Or maybe when you're in need. And God will take that person and put it in their heart to fill that need. That's the person that that organizes things as far as, you know, like there's a need in the church or or, you know, they're going to organize something for the homeless people, or organize something for this. Or It's all giving, giving, giving. Giving could also be, you know, just going by somebody and giving them a good word when you see them down. You know, maybe you're there not down and you just go by and give them a word of encouragement. That's the gift of giving. Right. So we also talked about mercy and that's to give the, those that are in misery of some kind. Right. And this includes the people that are sick or afflicted. You're going to give them mercy and you're going to go help them. You're going to try to fulfill whatever need they have, whatever God has drawn you to. Right. Then we talked about that gift of faith. And these are these are really, really important people because this is the ability to believe and trust 
God beyond the ordinary. And what do you mean by that? These are the people that are your prayer warriors. And they will pray and pray and pray and pray. They might pray for somebody to get saved for 20 years, but they still believe God's word and they believe God is going to save that person and they can see it in the future. And they don't give up because they can see farther, right? <clears throat> so then we get to, um, after that, we started getting into the other stuff. We, and then we're going to start talking about some gifts right now that are given, that were given only to the apostles, okay? And, <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> so we're going to start talking about some gifts that were only given to the apostles. Well, we're all called saints of, of the church, right? We're saints of God. But are we all apostles? Well, no, we're not. There are some church, some religions that believe everybody's an apostle, but you're not. So an apostle was a position of authority in the early churches, right? The apostle, the basic idea of the apostle was a representative, somebody that was sent, right? Sent from who? Sent from God. And the apostle had to, had a special ministry. What was their ministry? It was preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ and founding the church. They were supposed to found the early church and then they were going to go out and found other churches, right? This is when Christianity was beginning, right? And guess what else the apostles did? They wrote the New Testament. You find somebody tells me you're an apostle today, I'm going to go, what book in the Bible did you write? Because that's one of the things. If you're an apostle, you had a hand in this, right? Because you were there at the early church. And here's the, here's the key to tell somebody's an apostle. An apostle actually saw Jesus Christ face to face. Okay, we can meet with Jesus Christ today, but it's on a spiritual level. They met with him not spiritually, only spiritually. They met with him physically. These were the people that were there when Christ was preaching his ministry. Right? These are the apostles. And guess what? The apostles were called by Christ himself. That's a high office. And there's nobody on this earth today that was called by Jesus Christ in a physical form and saw him face to face, right? So these gifts are reserved for these guys, right? So let's go to Romans 12, 6. See who we're talking about, these apostles. <clears throat> Romans 12, 6. <clears throat> the Bible says, Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, whether prophecy, let us prophecy according to the perpetuation of faith, Right? Talking about prophecy here. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 12.10. Because these are all going to tie together. 1 Corinthians 12.10. <clears throat> the Bible says, To another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another diverse kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. Right? Still talking about that word prophecy. It's right there. 1 Corinthians 12, 28. Just jump down a few verses. It says, And God hath set some in the church, first apostles. Why were the apostles first? Because they were founding the church. They were first. Secondly, prophets. Thirdly, teachers. After that, miracles. Then gifts of healings, helps, governments, diversities of tongues. Okay? This is all founding the church. This is the beginning Ephesians 4.11, and we read this one last week too. Ephesians 4.11. <clears throat> and he gave some, 
apostles. Why are apostles first? Because they were the ones that called, were called by Jesus. They were the ones that Jesus taught his, his gospel to face to face. They were first, right? And some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. So it goes down. You see the list. There's a hierarchy and it's meant God meant it to be that way. He didn't put teachers or, or preachers before the apostles because the apostles were first. Okay. They founded the church. And we're talking about prophecy. Well, what is prophecy? Prophecy, prophecy is the ability to receive revelation from who? From God and then to proclaim it to others. Right. To proclaim it to others. OK. So we don't see many prophets running around today. But let's look back at First uh, Corinthians chapter 14 this time. First <clears throat> Corinthians chapter 14. And let's look at 29 through 32. 14, 29 through 32. The Bible says. Let the prophet speak two or three and let the, let the other judge. If anything be revealed to another that sitteth by, let the first hold his speech, hold his peace. For ye may all prophecy one by one that all may learn and all may be conform, comforted. And the spirits of the prophets are subject to the to the prophets. For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace as in all churches of the saints. Okay. Very important words there. Very important words. But we see that the prophets were to comfort, right? They were to encourage because they were teaching people the revelation that God had given them. These guys were the ones that, that God spoke to and he said, here's my prophecy. Here's the words I'm giving you. Now teach them to the church. And it was made to teach the church what? To comfort and to encourage the church. Remember, this is back when the church was being built. You know, so you didn't want to scare people off, right? You wanted to comfort them with the knowledge of the Lord of Jesus Christ, right? So then we look, a prophet, they had, we see that they had a, a, a part in the founding of these local churches that were started back then. And prophecy, like I said, is communication of a special revelation from God. And it was either foretelling, like in Acts 11.28. Let's read that real quick. 11.28. <clears throat> and there stood up one of them named Agabus and signified by the Spirit that there should be great dearth throughout all the world, which came to pass in the days of Claudius Caesar. What was he doing? He had received word of God about this, this coming dearth, right? And he told about it, but it wasn't there yet. He was telling the future, but it wasn't him that saw the future. God told him this is coming. And we see that all through the Bible. God used people, those prophets, right? But it's also, uh, it's not only foretelling, but it could also be simply forthtelling. Forthtelling what? The word of God. You know, these prophets were given the word of God from God, directly from God. It's like having a, a hotline right into their mind, right, in, right into their heart. But they were preaching the word of God, given to them by God. How do you think our Bible came to be? God did that direct hotline into to these men's heart and, and they wrote down the words that he gave them. They didn't write down their own ideas. 
None of this is anybody's ideas. This is God's heart that he spilled out to us. And that's what a prophet is. We don't have that today. Okay, let's look at Ephesians 2.20. A little bit more about this prophecy, guys. Ephesians 2.20. See where it all started. Well, Ephesians 2.20 says, And are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets. Right there. The early church is built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. And this early church is where our church comes from. So we're still built upon the foundation that was laid by the apostles and the prophets. You need to know that. But then it says, comma, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. So what is the chief cornerstone of our church? 2,000 years ago, the chief cornerstone was laid and that was Jesus Christ. And then he spoke to apostles and prophets, right? And they built the church. If we built a house, we have to start somewhere. That's what he did. He built his house. He built his church. But he was the chief cornerstone. You know, what if you built a house and your chief cornerstone was a a pack of spaghetti? How How would that hold up the house, right? No, it's not going to. You know, what if it's a pack of cotton balls? No, if you're building a chief cornerstone, you're going to go dig in the ground. You're going to find the strongest piece of stone you can because that chief cornerstone holds everything. It's like you build an arch. You have the chief cornerstone and all the stones that you lay around that arch are all putting force back on the chief cornerstone. It all remains on the shoulders of that chief cornerstone. And that's Jesus Christ. This church is founded on Jesus Christ, and that's why it's still standing today. How many people through history have tried to wipe out the church? I've read you quotes of people that said that that Christianity will fall. There's people today, I've seen them on on TV still talking about it. Oh, Christianity's going down. And they go, well, look at the church. There's hardly any members. Christianity's waning. It's going to disappear in a few years. Nope, not as long as Jesus Christ is a chief cornerstone, it won't. They will, but it won't. Okay? So that's what our church is built on. So this prophets, they had a part in bringing this revelation at a time when it was needed, right? And this, think about it, this time we're talking about when the church is being built, the New Testament has not been written yet. It's being written, but it's not finished. So these prophets, they were building the church back then before the New Testament was finished, right? So let's go back to 1 Corinthians 12. Back to 1228 and read that verse again. It says, And God hath set some in the church, first apostles, secondly prophets. There we go. We see that hierarchy, right? Thirdly teachers, after that miracles, then the gifts of healings, helps, governments, diversities of tongues. What is God doing? He's building his church. Okay, so next we talk about these miracles. These are signs that, that to, to, to show the world, they're basically signs to certify that that messenger that is doing that sign has a divine message. And who's that message from? It's from God. That's why the apostles were given the power to do miracles. Jesus did miracles. Well, to show that they were apostles of Jesus Christ, he said, I'm going to let you do miracles too. But it's not going to go forever. It's going to go just till the church is founded. Until that, till that slab was poured and the concrete hardened and then the church could be built on it. That's when the apostles were out there doing miracles, right? And they were just as a sign. That wasn't to bring any glory to that apostle. 
right? So you see people do, the, do this you know, miraculous healing. They're bringing glory to themselves because they're up on a stage on a TV. No, the apostles didn't do that. They healed not for the miracle of healing, but to show the grace of God upon that person and to show how awesome and powerful God is. That's what the miracles are for. And we're still in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Let's look at verse 9. It says, to another faith by the same spirit. To another, here we go, the gifts, the gifts of healing by what? The same spirit. Right? And we read in verse 28, right? We read, um, secondly, I mean, apostles and prophets. And it talked about gifts of healings. We'll look at the next verse down, verse 30. Well, not the next verse down, two verses down. It says, have all the gifts of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? Here he's asking a question. Did everybody that was a follower of Jesus Christ, even back in the early church times, did they all have the power of healing? No. No. God gave it to a certain group of men. And why was that? Because he was building his church. We just talked about it. So people today that you know, might come along and get saved and join a certain church and then they start saying they can heal people. If, they're, if they were ever any real healing, why don't they go to Texas Children's Hospital and heal every one of the little kids? Because you can't. It's fake. Right? And if you did have the power today to heal, that wouldn't be coming from Jesus Christ. I would say the Antichrist is really close and Satan's being very active. You better get ready. So we're talking about this healing, this miraculous ability to heal diseases. And they also healed deformities, right? But it was a sign. It wasn't because of the healing, the, the healing of the disease or the deformity. It was a sign to authorize that messenger, that, that telling the world that that messenger had a divine message to teach the world. And it was from Jesus Christ. Okay. First Corinthians 12, 10. Let's get into this one. This is the one people love. 12.10. I just flipped completely out of that chapter. 12.10 says, To another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another divers kinds of tongues. Here we go. To another the interpretation of tongues. So we saw some gifts right there. All those gifts were given on a limited period of time, right? The working of miracles. We don't see anybody working miracles today, right? We don't see anybody doing any prophecy, right? We don't see anybody discerning any spirits today. But we see a lot of people that like to speak in tongues. They like to gibber, right? They like to just, you know, I, somebody told me one time, say Coca-Cola back, backwards three times really fast and you'll be speaking in tongues. No, I want to be speaking an idiot because that's what you're doing. Okay? But, so, if they have this period, of, they have the power of tongues today, why wouldn't they have the power of these other things? Because they don't have the power of tongues, okay? Tongues was the miraculous ability to speak in a language not previously known to the speaker. So if I was, was hit with this power of tongues right now, that means I could probably speak in Russian, but I don't know Russian. And if you're Russian, you would hear me in your own language. You would hear this Sunday school lesson in your language. You know, like if everybody in here did not know English, and everybody in here knew a different language. So none of us knew each other's language. But I'm teaching Sunday school. You'd be hearing it in your language. That's what speaking in tongues is. You understand. It's an understanding. Remember, our God is not at all a God of confusion, right? So this sign was primarily, primarily 
a, a, a gift uh, uh, is an element of revelation, right? And it may be involved in the content uh, of tongues and speaking. And that's what we're talking about. To speak in a known language that all understand. That's what the Bible says. It says they all understood. So if you go to these other churches and they're saying Coca-Cola backwards three times, nobody understands that. So right there's a clue that it's not tongues. It's gibberish, right? It says in the Bible, they spoke in a language and everybody understood. So if you're speaking in tongues that's given to you by God, not by some other evil spirit on this earth. If you're speaking in tongues given by God, which has only happened for that time with the apostles. But if he did that, then you would all understand. There would be complete crystal clear understanding. Right? Crystal clear. So let's go to Acts 2.11. And this is so important because so many people stand on this doctrine of, oh, you can't speak in tongues. Well, it's because that doesn't happen anymore. So here we see the speaking in tongues. Verse 11 says, Cretes and Arabians, we do hear them speak. Okay. They're hearing what? The preaching of the word of God it says, we do hear them speak in our own tongue, the wonderful works of God. They all understood in their own language. Acts 10, 46. These are actual recording, their history of tongues right here. Acts 10, 46. The Bible says, For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God, then answered Peter. Right? They heard them speak in tongues. They heard the word of God clearly. They were hearing preaching, right? And let's look at, uh, and, and what does the tongues do? Right there, I'm sorry, go back to that verse. So speaking in tongues magnifies God. If I say Coca-Cola backwards three times really fast, is that magnifying God in any way? No. So tongues today is not clear and it doesn't magnify God. So there's two outs, right? So let's look at 1 Corinthians 14. 1 Corinthians 14 and verses 15 and 16. The Bible says, when is it then I will pray with the spirit and I will pray with the understanding also. I will sing with the spirit and I will sing with the understanding also. Else when thou shalt bless with the spirit, how shall he that occupieth the room of the unlearned say amen at the giving of thanks, seeing he understandeth not what thou sayest. Okay. What is he talking about? He's talking about. If they were in there, in that room, when they're preaching and God gave them that power of tongues, he says, what good would it do if they didn't understand? So if we're all yelling Coca-Cola backwards, what good is that bringing to the word of God? Or, I mean, how is that bringing the word of God to those people? He says, it wouldn't do any good. So if you go to church today and somebody falls down the floor and starts, blah, 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 what good is that bringing to anybody? It's not. Okay, so if they do that today in a church and they speak in tongues, okay, so here's a test. Does everybody understand it? Is it clear the word of God? Okay, does it magnify God? And does it bring any kind of understanding of the word of God? If it can't pass those three tests, what is it, the stink test? It stinks bad because the tongues is not done today. Okay, but there's whole religions founded on speaking in tongues, not founded on the word of God. Okay, 
So the content of tongues was what? It was praise. It was giving thanks and it was extolling our God. And the one thing that, that all tongues had, everybody understood no matter what language you knew. Okay. So Paul could be speaking in, in Greek and you could have been, you know, French and not learn a word of Greek. But when you walked into that preaching, you would hear it and you would know it in your own language. That's the word of God and that's tongues. Okay. So this interpretation of tongues, it was a miraculous ability to interpret or translate in a language not previously known to the interpreter. So Paul didn't know French, but if he's speaking, he's preaching in Greek and somebody that, that's from France walks in, they're going to understand the word of God. And they're going to hear it clearly and understand it. And it's going to glorify God even though Paul doesn't know French, right? Exactly what it is. So we're talking about this. The emphasis of tongues was on the result. What was the result? The word of God was lifted up. It was magnified and it was preached to a world that did not know the language they were preaching in. It was not, it was not to bring, to bring glory to the person that was speaking it. Same thing with healing, right? It was not the process of healing that we talked about that was bringing glory. It was the power of God. It was magnifying the power of God. Same thing with tongues. It's supposed to magnify the power of God, not the person preaching. Okay? And it, it's produced, uh, the healing produced divine healing, not divine healers. Same thing with tongues. It produces divine preaching, not divine preachers. Okay. Any questions on that? Shouldn't be. First Corinthians 12.10. First Corinthians 12.10. We'll look at some more little gifts that were given. First Corinthians 12.10 says, To another the working of miracles, to the other prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, <clears throat> to another diverse kinds of tongues. And diverse just means various, right? Diverse kinds of tongues to another, the interpretation of tongues. So let's look at also, let's look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. I think somebody took Thessalonians out of my Bible. Where'd it go? There it is. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. And let's read verses 20 and 21. The Bible says, despise not prophesyings, prove all things, hold fast to that which is good. Okay, right there. You got to prove all things. So somebody's talking in tongues, tell them to prove it. Prove it's from God. Somebody that's up here on the stage healing, prove it. Prove it. How do you prove it? By the word of God. And we just did. Does it meet those three criteria? Nope. It's not of God, right? Well, also we talked about in that verse, it says the discerning of spirits. Well, that means that's the supernatural ability and it's nothing that we have. It's something that God would give. It's the supernatural ability to dis discern what? True prophecy from false prophecy, right? And that's a direct revelation given from God. And it was given back during this time because there was a lot of people preaching against Christ back then, right? They were fighting against him. The Jews were against him. The Romans were against him. Everybody was against him. And I guarantee you there was people back then, they were already jumping on the bandwagon like pastors do today and saying they were prophets of God and they weren't. And we saw a few, we've seen a few people in here in the Bible, it talks about a few that did not have the spirit of God. 
but they were still trying to make people think they were God. And why were they doing that? They made people think they were from God to build themselves up, to give them fame and fortune, right? It's exactly what he does. Discerning spirits means you can tell that's a false prophet and that's a true prophet. That's what was given back then because there was, they needed to be clarity because Jesus Christ was founding his church and he wanted it to be precise. He wanted it to be clear just as this Bible is clear today. You can't tell me people come in here and go, oh, well, that's just my interpretation. Well, your interpretation's warped because you're trying to fit it to fit your sin, but it doesn't. God says that this is wrong. That means this is wrong. You know, look at the, the alphabet people today. They try to take the word of God and they'll go to church and they'll say they're praising God, but they're living in sin. But then there's even some that have come out and said that God's transgender. You have lost your mind. You have lost your mind. He made a man and woman, nothing else. You know, you dig up skeletons from 10,000 years ago. We can't tell what they wanted to identify as, but I can guarantee you science can prove that they were a man or a woman because God created them. So get back on topic. So we're talking about, let's go to 1 Corinthians 12, 28 again. Uh, 12, 8. 1 Corinthians 12, 8. 1 Corinthians 12, 8. The Bible says, For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit. And let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Let's go there real quick. Chapter 2. Let's read 6 through 12. <clears throat> the Bible says, Howbeit we speak wisdom among them that are perfect, yet not the wisdom of the, this world, nor of the princes of this world that come to naught. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory which none of the princes of this world knew for they if they had known it they would have they would have not crucified the lord of glory but as it is written i hath not seen nor ear heard neither hath entered into the heart of man the things which god hath prepared for them that love him but God hath revealed them unto us by his spirit for the spirit searcheth all things. Yea, the deep things of God for what man knoweth the things of man, save the spirit of man, which is in, in, in him. Even so the things of God knoweth no man, but the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit, which is of God that we might know these things that are freely given to us of God. Wow. He's talking about wisdom. Wisdom not given by this world. Wisdom that is not in your own little heart. It says right there, every man has their own little ideas, and their own little mind, and their own little heart that nobody sees, right? But the wisdom that we're talking about is that wisdom that's given from God. And it can only come from the Holy Spirit directed by God, right? And this wisdom is the capacity of receiving revealed truth, right? When, and, and presenting it to others. What is the revealed truth? It's the Word of God right here. It's this Bible. This is wisdom. This is what God gives you. And unless you're saved, you can't read it and understand it. You can read it, but it won't mean anything to you. You won't understand it. Because God has to reveal it to you. This is what we're talking about here. God reveals this wisdom as the whole system of his word. And it's the revealed truth of God. Okay. 
Let's go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. <clears throat> 12, 8. Let's go there. If I can find it again. There it is. For to one is given the spirit of the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same spirit. So the same spirit that gives you that wisdom in your life is the one that's going to give you knowledge. And what is knowledge? That's receiving and communicating the divine revelation of God. That's receiving this word of God. And because you have knowledge given to you by the Holy Spirit, you're able to preach it to others. Okay? I'm able to stand up here and, and, and read these verses and explain them to you. Not because of me, but because of God. Okay? That's knowledge. That's the ability to understand and exhibit clearly the wisdom that God has given you. These are two gifts that everybody should have as a Christian. You should be getting wisdom and knowledge from God, right? But the gifts we were talking about earlier, the healing and the, and the prophecy and the tongues, right? These were temporary. If anybody does them today, they're a liar, right? These gifts were temporary gifts only given by the Holy Spirit for a limited period of time to found the church. They're no longer needed today, right? Why? Because the church is founded. They were given at a time when the New Testament had not been completely written yet. But what do we have now? We have a complete New Testament. That's the word of God. And God said, now it's completed. It is done. I don't need these gifts anymore. Right? So today, what do we have in place of healing and prophecy in tongues? Do y'all know? Faith. We have faith. But we have the preaching of the word of God. When your pastor's up here preaching, that is the Holy Spirit within him giving the word of God because this is complete. And God said, by faith, you, you listen to this. By faith, you believe this, right? And you will gain what? You'll gain that wisdom and knowledge that we were talking about. Because God said that I don't need those gifts anymore. I have my word. And his word is stronger than any of those gifts ever were. His gifts are more pure. I mean, his word is more pure than those gifts. His, his word is more perfect than those gifts. Right? And what were the gifts to do? They were to magnify God, right? They were to be clear, right? And they were to bring understanding to all people. That's what the word of God does today. So when the word of God is being preached by Brother Larry, that's what God said. He said, okay, I have pastors now. Remember the apostles? Remember the list? Apostles, prophets, right? And he gets down there and says, teachers and pastors. That's what God says. He says, this is my plan. The church is founded. The church is going. My word is complete. Now I give you preachers. And you hear the word of God and you gain knowledge, you gain wisdom by faith. I think you're reading my notes. Got a watch cat. He'll sneak in there and get your notes. So what is the purpose of these spiritual gifts? Well, a spiritual gift was to be exercised within the ministry, right? And to, to outreach the church, right? And that today, our spiritual gifts that he gives us today do this, does the same thing. It's supposed to benefit the local church to outreach the community around you. And while the larger body of Christ may benefit from gifts, right? It's the local church to where those gifts are actually shown. That's where they're used, right? That's where they're exercised and they're properly done on, under the ministry of your local church. 
That's why in the New Testament, they didn't just have one church in Jerusalem and that was it. And everybody had to travel hundreds of miles to come to church. No, they went out and they planted little churches here, near, 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 right? And what were they for? They were to bring the Spirit and the Word of God to other people to benefit them. So those gifts weren't just in one little church. They were in every little church they passed. And it was not by men. It was given by the Holy Spirit. So if, if a church was founded over here in Stafford called Glory Baptist Church, God knew who he was going to put here. God knew the gifts he was going to put here. He put us together. He said, well, Jesus is my cornerstone. Now I'm going to pack all these people in here. I'm going to give them a pastor named Brother Larry. Now I'm going to pack this person in and this person and this person and this person. Like Cat, he brought us Cat. Well, he brought, joined Cat to this church. Now Cat's learning so he can take that knowledge out to a ministry that God gave him called the nursing homes. It's exactly what God does, and He does it through this. He doesn't do it through tongues. He doesn't do it through healing. He doesn't do it through prophets anymore. It's through the Word of God because it's complete, 100%, and it's without, without fault. It's without blemish, just like Jesus Christ was, without fault, without blemish, and that's our chief cornerstone. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I come to you today once again. Thank you for this opportunity to open your word, to hear your word, to understand your word, Lord. And God, I pray that it was clear and everybody could understand, Lord, that, that we don't get distracted, Lord, or, or pulled to the side or pulled down a rabbit trail by these, these gifts that people say they have today, which they don't, Lord. And, and then the gifts we do have, Lord, I ask you to, to help us understand them. Help us, each one of us, seek and find the gift we have and then maximize it, Lord, and for your glory. And, and like you said, for, for, the church, the, for the good of all the church, Lord. I ask you just to continue to be with us today, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.